Welcome to Hypnotic History, the podcast about 20th century life in the United States. I'm Ashley. I'm Wendy. And I'm Logan. And today we're talking about conversation pits. We should probably start by just defining conversation pit for those not in the know. Uh, A conversation pit is a depressed area within a larger room with seating that faces each other. So if you have a large room and there is a sunken area, that is typically known as a conversation pit. Sometimes the seating is built in, so it's custom made for that area. Sometimes it is modular seating, meaning that it is in pieces that you can rearrange, which I think is kind of cool. And I have to say, a conversation pit is my ultimate desire in a house. I want one so badly. You could show me the dumpiest house, and I'd be like, does it have a conversation pit? Yes, I'm in. I agree. I don't have any plans of having a house. I live in an apartment, but... If I was to have a house, I wouldn't have it unless it had a conversation pit. I agree. I think that on realty sites, you should be able to use conversation pit as a filter. Yeah, that should be a checkbox. That'd be awesome. Or you should be able to search it. Put that in the search bar and it shows you only houses that have conversation pits. Agreed. Why is that not a thing? I mean, you can filter it by has a pool. Yeah. I'd much rather have a conversation pit. Much rather have a conversation pit, yes. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And I am so into conversation pits that I even looked into what if I just wanted to create my own, which is laughable because the definition is it is a sunken area in a larger room. And you really do have to have a lot of space to do this. And my living room is so small (laughs) that I don't know why I seriously thought maybe I could make this happen. (laughs) But no, uh, not only is my living room just way too small to have a conversation pit, but if you retrofit a home with one, um, that is almost impossible because to create it, you don't dig down. I mean, if you're building a house from scratch, you could, but if you're taking a pre-existing home, you actually build the floor up around that area. Okay. So that where your floor is now becomes the floor of the pit, and then the floor around it, you've built up, creating the sunken effect. But if you picture it in your head, it kind of makes sense what the problem is. It makes your ceilings too low. I was going to say, better have high ceilings. Yes. So if you have a high ceiling... Uh, and a spacious living area, then you can probably get away with doing that, which I'm just now realizing that Logan's parents have the perfect say, house to do this. Oh. They have cathedral ceilings, and yeah. I think that would, that, would, that would do it. Yeah, I think they need to do this. We need to get on them. <laughs> well, what I'm hearing is the two of you need to build a new house with a conversation pit that I can enjoy, is what I'm I hearing. I know. So... Let's make that happen. Okay, let's finally fulfill my dream of having a commune. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, everybody. People are going to quote this in the court transcripts. (laughs) (laughs) So when do you all think the first conversation pit in the United States was built? 62. Mm, I was going to say 55. 1927. No way. Wow. I can't believe they've been around that long. Bruce Goff is credited with creating the first conversation pit in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1927. However, as you all uh, had in your minds, I said that kind of weird. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what do I have in my mind, Ashley? Yes, the, the thing growing from your brain was that conversation pits were sort of popular in the mid-century, mm-hmm. and that is true. So even though the first official one was in the 20s, they really had popularity from the 50s and into the 70s. Okay. A Time Magazine article from 1963 states, back in the late 50s, there was hardly a blueprint around that did not include specifications for a large, shallow hole to be sunk into the living room floor. Oh, wow. Then where are these houses? Why are we not finding these houses? We need to preserve them. Yes. My them house, on the National Registry. <laughs> my house was built in 1965. It should have a conversation pit. Yeah. Why was that not part of it? And if you look around at houses, I find tons of houses around here from the mid-century. None of them have a conversation pit. When I bought a house, I looked at so many houses. Of course, they were middle of nowhere, Greenough County, but not a single one of them had a conversation pit. They may have had them at one time, and then it got covered up when it was no longer popular. Who would dare do such a thing? Idiots. <laughs> I don't know. Horrible, horrible people. Horrible people. We have such strong feelings uh, about conversation pits. Uh, well, why was it so popular at that time? Despite the fact that we can find zero houses <laughs> uh, that have one, why were conversation pits so popular in the mid-century? There is one house in particular that is generally considered the inspiration for all the others. It is called the Miller House in Columbus, Indiana. It was owned by J. Irwin Miller and his wife, Xenia. Isn't that a great name? That is a great name. I thought so, too. I miss interesting names. Mm -hmm. We need more Xenias in the world. So They owned this house and uh, actually had it built. They commissioned three people to design the home and the landscaping around it. And these three people were Eero Serenin, Daniel Urban Kiley, and Alexander Girard. Even though they started work in 1952, the house and the surrounding landscape was not completed until 1957. Five years. Okay. It's a long time for a house. And if you're curious what the conversation pit in this home looks like, uh, it is accessed through a short staircase. I think there's like three or four steps, and they're, of course, in the floating style of the mid-century. Oh, wow. So it looks really chic. Uh, and it has one continuous sofa that was custom-made oh, for nice. the pit. Yes. So nice. One of its designers... Eero Serenin is famous for other works as well. He designed the Dulles Airport in Washington, D.C., the TWA Flight Center in New York City, the Conversation Pit in New York City's JFK International Airport, and the Gateway Arch in St. Louis. Oh, wow. So that's, he's pretty reputable. Could you imagine hiring that guy just to make your house? <laughs> And a lot of these things happened after he designed that house. But the Gateway Arch, uh, I think that was 1948, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But it definitely predated the Miller home. Uh, So he already had a claim in his designs. And it's like, yeah, build me a house. I like your work. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He is also famous for a couple of other things. When he was studying at Cranbrook Academy of Art in Michigan... He befriended two guys named Charles and Ray Eames. 
And if you are an aficionado of mid-century modern style like I am, the name Eames should ring a bell because of the Eames chair. Uh, If you are not familiar with what the Eames chair is, Google it, and I am 99% sure that you will immediately recognize it. Like, oh, I've seen that chair before. Wendy's Googling it right now. I'm Googling it right now. (laughs) Um, We shall see. So, Eero Serenin, I am probably butchering his name. Sorry. Uh, He played a role in designing the Eames chair. He also designed a chair of his own with perhaps equal fame, and it's called the Tulip Chair. And that is another chair that when I say its name, if you don't have a picture in your head, Google it, and you'll probably say, oh, I've seen Tulip Chairs. I totally recognize that design. So what do you think, Wendy? Yes, the Eames Chair, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Googling the Tulip Chair and, oh, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Both of these I've seen, I recognize immediately. I just didn't know the names of them. I think it is uh, no coincidence that the type of person that is designing these sorts of things uh, also played a part in designing what is considered the most famous conversation pit in the United States. One of the first conversation pits in the United States that became very mainstream popular uh, because so many of his designs have this mod style Mm -hmm. and I'm probably going to misrepresent what mod style is but to me so this is just my own personal take I feel like mod style has these like elegant clean lines Mm -hmm. right Um, and it plays with shapes and I think that when you look at things like the St. Louis Arch or the Eames chair like it's it, kind of the same as the conversation pit. It's this thing that is so simple, yet so iconic and elegant and minimalist. And that's what I think of when I think of like a mid-century modern style. I know that there are more ostentatious things that people do within that style and within that time period um, and more ornamental things. But I think of sort of the space agey, sterile looking right. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And a conversation pit seems like it plays with some of those same ideas. Yes, uh-huh. I agree. The Miller House was inspired in part by Japanese design uh, because They saw that as something that was open, like big open spaces, Mm -hmm. yet controlled. So you have this big open space, um, but you are designating this one area for a specific purpose for this socialization type of area. Uh, Inspiration may also have come from, or instead come from, something from Europe uh, during the Middle Ages called an Inglenook. Oh, that sounds riveting. Yeah, I, I just like that name, Inglenook. <laughs> uh, an Inglenook is an enclosed space that surrounds the fireplace. Oh, that sounds cozy. And these were very important. Um, they were very common during the 12th century. And they were important because the hearth of a home was your source of food and heat. Right, yeah. So it's just the one place where everybody wants to be, I guess. Mm -hmm. I can't blame them. Makes sense. Um, Eventually, they also included benches. Uh, And I imagine maybe benches on multiple sides around the hearth. Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking up Inglenook? Yes, I got I to see Inglenook now. <laughs> it is spelled I-N-G-L-E, Ingle. And the nook is in, you know, breakfast yep. nook. And the fact that they were centered around the hearth also connects to the way that many conversation pits were built. Because if you look at pictures of conversation pits, 
a lot of those are also uh, around a hearth. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, like one side of the pit is sometimes a fireplace mm -hmm. with conversation pits. So you like the looks of an ingle nook? I could sit there and read my book all day. But you wouldn't know how to read because it's the 12th century and you're a oh, peasant. <laughs> okay. Sorry. And I'm a female. <laughs> ruin, so. ruin that fantasy. Also, I'm not sure they had movable type. I'm, when was that invented? Oh, okay. So, so what am I going to do? You wouldn't this, have a book. Am I just going to stare at the fire? You're knitting. Uh, can I do that? Can I crochet or knit? I, I don't know. Maybe. I'm just going to stare at the fire then. That sounds good. Okay. <laughs> or you could instead time travel back to mid-century United States and get yourself a conversation pit. Oh, there we go. I think that'd be a lot nicer. And some of them I've seen have libraries built into the walls. So. Oh, yes. There you go. You'd have all the books you need. I'm, I'm sold. Take my money. <laughs> well, whether a direct inspiration or not, you can also see similar designs in other cultures. Um, the idea of just a seating area carved into a room. For example, ancient Rome had the triclinium, which was a dining table with couches on three sides. Mm. I would like to sit on a couch around my dining table while I eat. That'd be real comfy. Yeah. The couch would get real dirty. <laughs> <laughs> China had the Kang, or it might be Kong. It's K-A-N-G, so I'm not sure how that vowel sound goes. Mm. Uh, it is a heated platform, so you could use it for sitting, or some people would put a bed up there because oh, it kept the bed nice. warm. Yeah. And in our house, it would be covered in cats mm. all the time. <laughs> and Spain had something called an estrado, which was a raised dais with rugs and cushions. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, so we're all kind of, all those cultures are kind of playing with like a seating area that is somehow set off from the rest of the room, kind of how a conversation pit's set off, but it's not necessarily a sunken area. Sometimes it's a raised area, sometimes they're using furniture to do it, but we're all generally having the same idea. And I love that each country has their own variation on it. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. neat. We, as humans, we all just have this need. Mm-hmm. There were also some variations on conversation pits uh, in the modern era. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you some options, and I want you to guess whether you think that this is a real variation on a conversation pit. Okay. A treehouse conversation pit. Yes. I want that to be real yes. Unfortunately, no. Dang it. A levitating conversation area. Yes. Yes. Yes, this is in Oklahoma's Bavinger House, which was designed by Bruce Goff, who was the person who designed the first conversation pit in Tulsa in 1927. He designed this levitating conversation area in Bavinger House in Oklahoma. So I guess maybe he's around Oklahoma a lot mm -hmm. in 1955. Wow. A conversation pit built into a cave. No. No. No, I'm so sad. I didn't even trick you with it. You didn't even think it was good enough to be real. Adding a stage to make it a performance area. Yes. 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 This can be found in Illinois. It is called the Garvey House, which was also designed by Bruce Goff in oh. 1955. He was just running around making uh, conversation pits everywhere. Yes. Uh, and part of it is a stage. It's got a seating area and it has a stage. It was built for a musician. What about the pit being part of a pyramid built into the house? Oh, no. please. Yes. Yes. Ah. This is found. Well, would you care to guess what state 
This is found in? Nevada. Arizona. These are great guesses. The real answer is Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) Never would have guessed that. It is Missouri's Nickel House, which was also designed by Bruce Goff. (laughs) This time in 1965. It is an octagonal pit. It looks Mm. pretty cool. And it sits at the base of a glass pyramid that's built into the ceiling of that room. So um, that also provides light. It's sort of a skylight type situation. That is so neat. What about a pit that is all sofa? Every part of the pit is part sofa. I I think they did that. I'm going to say yes. Yes, I want it. (laughs) This was created during the 70s using Luigi Colani's modular sofa that allowed all sides of the pit and even the floor to become a giant sofa. Oh, that's awesome. So they just sold these modular pieces and you fit them like you were like, oh, I want a corner, so here's the corners, and then here's the sides. Yes, and they even had pieces that served as floor, so it was all just one gigantic sofa. Awesome. I want this so bad. (laughs) (laughs) What about uh, not stopping at one level, but having multiple levels? Oh, I'm sure someone did that. Yeah, I feel like that's a thing. Yes, the it makes me think of Seinfeld. There's an episode where Kramer says that he's going to build up his apartment and it's going to be all levels. Yeah. <laughs> I do a really bad Kramer impression, <laughs> by the way. Um, but this is the Bass Residence in Texas, which Kramer would have loved. It was designed in 1970 by Paul Rudolph. The house itself has three floors, but it's divided into 12 levels. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. I would probably die in that house. Yeah. I would trip and fall and die. I feel like someone always has to one-up, so I feel like the level thing makes sense. Yes, you have to, level you up. <laughs> you've got one level, I have four. You always have to level up, yes. Yeah. You only have two levels. Wow, oh, you're four. That's so quaint. I have seven I have 12. levels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about a conversation pit that doubles as a swimming pool? I wish. That's, uh, was that the... Uh, Playboy Mansion in Chicago. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, my idea about a conversation pit that doubles as a swimming pool is false. Mm -hmm. However, yeah, the Playboy Mansion in Chicago, I don't know what that building is like nowadays. I assume it's different um, if it's even the same building there. But it had this pool, and one of the lower rooms had a glass wall, and you could see the people swimming in the pool. Have you been to the Playboy Mansion in Chicago? I have not. Because I was going to say, you sound, you all sound very familiar with the Playboy Mansion in Chicago. I was just wondering. No, we just watch a lot of trash <laughs> TV. <laughs> we are trash human beings. Yeah. I was, I was starting to wonder. They're not passing judgment, just wondering. There was a reality show in the early 2000s about Hugh Hefner's girlfriends. Oh, okay. And they gave a lot of information about the Playboy clubs and the Playboy Mansion in Chicago and all that stuff. So, And we are trash humans. <laughs> So we're obsessed with that show. (laughs) (laughs) What about a conversation pit made out of bubbles? No. No. Uh Aha, I got you. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Maison Bernard in France is designed in 1970 and uh, by Auntie Laval and Odile Deck. However, it is a little tricky. It's not really a pit, um, but remember... I did say at the beginning that these are variations upon a conversation pit. So it's the idea that you are taking a larger area and separating it 
out into the conversation area. Um, so this is, uh, it doesn't have a conversation pit, but it's like a system of bubble-like enclosed areas that are connected to each other. And each bubble has built-in curved furniture. That's awesome. It is awesome. Yes, I would like that. So when we're in France, we'll check that out. Okay. What about hiding the conversation pit under a bed? Yes. Mm. Have like a Murphy bed so it would like raise up and then reveal the conversation pit? I'm going to say no. Yes. Oh. This was the yo home. <laughs> Y-O exclamation point. <laughs> it was an entry in 2012's London Design Festival by Simon Woodruff. It has a master bedroom that rises to reveal a conversation pit. The conversation pit itself has a dining table that folds up from the floor. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. That is neat. What about an adjustable size pit? Mm, yes. No. No. Uh -huh. What about an invisible conversation area? Uh, yes. Sure. Someone, yeah. Yes. This is called White on White. It is created by Gianni Botsford Architects in London in 2013. It is a transparent cube that extends out into the garden, and it's designed in such a way that it is invisible to those who are looking at the home from across the canal. Okay, that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. So you can be in that area, and you can be looking at your beautiful yard, but other people can't be looking at you. That's the dream, isn't it? That's money right there. Yeah. I want to not be seen. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I've thought a lot about, and when I say a lot, I really do mean a lot about what superpower I would like to have. <laughs> and I think being invisible is definitely up there. That's a good one, yeah. So I want to live in this place. Uh, and if you want to as well, it is called White on White, and it is in London. Okay. Let's play another guessing game. This time, instead of variations on conversation pits, I'm going to list some movies and television shows, and you tell me whether it had a conversation pit. Okay. Ooh, okay. Help. Yes. Um, no. It is kind of true. Uh, it was more of a sunken bed. Oh, okay. Than a sunken conversation pit. The Man from Uncle. Yes. Yes. No. Oh. Now, the movie might. I can't remember. I know the movie really does up that time period style uh, I, in a way that's just real nice to look at. So they might have a conversation pit in the more recent movie. Um, I think, did Guy Ritchie do that? That sounds, yeah, he did. Okay, I was like, everybody's just going to leave me. Um, I'll to Google again. But I'm talking about the television show, the original okay. show, um, did not. What about Diamonds Are Forever? No. no. Yes. Oh, we're horrible at this. Inside Out. No. 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 The Incredibles. Mm, yes. 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 The Incredibles 2. Yes. No. Yes. Oh. Get Smart. And again, this is the TV show, not the mo not uh, the more recent movie. I'm going to say no. yes. Uh no, it did not. Mad Men. Yes, surely. I'm 8 seasons. Say I want to say yes, because he's a madman expert, so I'm agreeing with him. Oh, I'm not <laughs> hey, the expert. Oh, I, I am the madman expert. Oh, I thought he was. Okay. I am madman obsessed. My I, fault. I think this is where my conversation pit obsession comes from, actually. Oh, uh, so I'm guessing they do. When Don Draper gets uh, his own apartment in New York City, 
it has a conversation pit and it's glorious. Oh. And I really, really want it. I want that whole apartment actually. So Okay. Yeah. How dare you say that he's the expert on Mad Men? My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Dick Van Dyke show? No. Yes. Yes. Oh. The Mary Tyler Moore show. No. Uh, no. It does. And in fact, this is a conversation pit that has a library built into it. So, Wendy, I'm so jealous. Watch the Mary Tyler Moore show, and you can see the conversation pit of your dreams. It's been a long time since I've watched it. So, I love Lucy. No. Uh, no. Nope. And I guess that kind of makes sense. It's the right time period. Um, but don't they live in an apartment? Mm -hmm. Then again, Don Draper has an apartment. Yeah, Don Draper has one. But he's like a millionaire. (laughs) That's true. And, uh, Lucy is not, she's Mm -hmm. like middle class, right? I don't know. Desi was a performer though, so maybe they were making bank. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't watched enough of I Love Lucy. What about the Brady Bunch? No. No. It is kind of true. Oh, They don't have a conversation pit per se, but they have a sunken living room, which is slightly different than a conversation pit because this is when the entire room is lower rather than one area of the room. So a conversation pit would be like there is a large room and then there is one area that's sunken. Uh But a sunken living room is you step down into the room itself. Yeah. And I'm wanting to think I had friends growing up that had sunken living rooms. Mm -hmm. So no conversation pits, but I definitely remember stepping down into some living rooms. That's all I'm going to get, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Would you say that my parents have a sunken living room there? Mm, I'm trying to think. The front door when you go down to the right. I can't picture it well enough. I've been there 10,000 times. You would be the expert. You grew up there. I, I feel like that's kind of a sunken mm-hmm. living room. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, conversation pits uh, started to decline in popularity in the 70s. Uh, although sunken living rooms, which might have been an op- an offshoot of conversation pits, I don't know, um, were obviously popular a little longer because I have memories of those, mm-hmm. at least. Um, yeah. Time Magazine overshot the decline of the conversation pit. So they should feel a little embarrassed Mm -hmm. because in 1963, the same article that I read before that said that in the late fifties, you could find conversation pits in every blueprint for every house that was being made. They also said that conversation pits were blase, that they were over. People should stop doing them and they weren't as popular as they used to be. The article itself is entitled fall of the pit. Oh, which they. is a great title. Yeah, actually. It is a great <laughs> title, but how dare they? It was written in 1963. That was definitely not when conversation pits declined. I no. feel like they were just picking up speed. Right. So time was wrong. Time also listed in that same article reasons why they didn't like conversation pits. Can you guys guess some reasons? Uh, I'm going to say took up too much space. Yeah, that. Cleaning was a problem. Couldn't vacuum them. Okay. Neither of these is listed. Um, Um, Go ahead. Couldn't see the television. Television will come into this. It was not listed in time, um, Mm. but it is something that plays a role in conversation bits. Mm. 
One reason that Time did not like them is they saw them as a falling hazard. Oh, okay. Especially if you had children, pets, or drunk guests. <laughs> okay. Now, I will give drunken guests... I, that has credence. I could see someone imbibing a little too much and falling into the pit. Mm-hmm. However... How stupid is your dog? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Like, I, I have a hard time believing a dog would do that. They're smarter than most people. Yeah, I don't think the dog's going to fall in. I don't think a cat's going to fall mm-hmm. in. I don't think your... Maybe your kid's going to fall in if you have a stupid kid, so maybe take that into account. Your, your kid's going to do it once, but then they'll never do it again. Exactly. Yeah. And then they'll have a cool story about why their leg bends a exactly. weird way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they'll be fun at parties. <laughs> The article also mentions that if you are sitting in the conversation pit, that you have a really bad view of the rest of the room because all you see are other people's feet. And that if you're a woman and you're standing near the edge of the pit, people are going to look up your skirt. In which case I say, who are the creepy people at the party? (laughs) Yeah, don't invite them. I'm not going to invite weird people to my party, so... Problem solved. (laughs) So really, the only legitimate concern is if you have a stupid kid. Yeah. And in which case, it'll turn out okay anyway. Or I'm going to wear pants instead of a skirt. I mean, problem solved. Yeah. Well, one theory as to why conversation pits started to dwindle in popularity uh, was for these kinds of reasons. For safety reasons, mainly people thought they were going to fall in because, I don't know, I just think that's a stupid reason Mm -hmm. not to get one. Um, But people thought they were going to fall in. Another theory is that as society entered the 80s, people started using their living rooms more as media places than socialization spaces. And that's what I was thinking, because I can remember being a kid, and at dinner time we all sat down at the table, there was no television, Mm -hmm. there was no anything, and then as it progressed, as we got older, that, you know, it was, we were all focused around the TV. Um, It was no longer being around the table, it was, what are we going to watch while we eat or eating in the living room instead of at the kitchen table? Or sometimes, you know, we'd be in our rooms, the, the kids, and, you know, parents might be eating at a different time. It was just, it was no longer focused around being around the table. It was focused on watching my TV in my room or watching the TV in the living room. It was all focused on the television at that time. I have the exact same experience uh, remembering my childhood. We always ate around the kitchen table And at some point, I don't know what age I was, but at some point, we no longer ate around the kitchen table. We ate in the living room and we were all watching the television. Yeah. Yeah. And then now 2023, I have a 16 year old. I'm sitting at the table and I'm like, hey, do you want to sit over here and eat with me? You know, he's kind of like a feral cat. Um, He comes (laughs) out of his room when he smells food. He grabs it and goes straight back into his room. You know, I may not see him for the rest of the day. Or he'll come out when he needs something. If he needs something washed or he needs food. But other than that, uh, he's either eating in front of the TV or he's in his room. So it's different. Definitely different. Yeah. And so this theory that the decline of conversation pits has something to do with the way that we utilize space in the home. Mm -hmm. um, And the disappearance of certain social spaces in the home for media or other things is supported by the fact that during the 80s, a lot of people transformed their conversation pits into things like gyms, spas, or media rooms. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The Time article suggests that people should fill in their conversation pits with concrete. No. 
I know. Don't what the heck? <laughs> Don't do that. Hopefully people didn't do that mm-hmm. because, uh, and instead, if they if they didn't want conversation pee more, hopefully instead of concrete, they just maybe covered the pit with floor planks or something. Yeah, just some plywood and something that's easy to pick back up and yeah. use again. Concrete's so per- permanent. Yeah. Yes. Because conversation pits are not just popular amongst the three of us. They have made a huge comeback uh, in the mainstream today. And a lot of new architecture includes them. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the people with these beautiful conversation pits didn't just uh, fill them in with concrete. Yeah. Because you can't reclaim that. That would be awful. If you want to scratch your mid-century itch, but you're not able to have a conversation pit like, you know, the situation that we're in, I do have a suggestion. You can visit the first famous one by visiting the Miller Home in Columbus, Indiana, because it has been classified as a National Historic Landmark, and it acts as a museum today. That's great news. I know. Because I have an uncle that lives near Columbus, and next time I'm up there visiting, guess where I'm going? Nice. (laughs) I'm going to come see your uncle, too. Okay. (laughs) Road trip. He won't mind. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking Indiana's not that far away. It's really not. Yeah, so it just depends on where in Indiana Columbus is. It's about a four-hour drive from here. Cool. Or it will be fine. So we need to go see the Miller home. Yes. The people who run it definitely take their role in preserving the home seriously because children under 10 are not allowed to visit. And everyone that does visit has to remove their shoes before entering. I like this place better already. Yeah. No children under 10, remove your shoes. It's my kind of place. They take it very seriously. They want to keep it just right. Mm -hmm. And I admire them for that. Right. So if you want a conversation pit and you just can't get one, head on down to the Miller Home, the first famous conversation pit in the United States. I know what we're doing this summer. Yay, road trip. (laughs) That's all for us today. Thank you for listening. If you're keeping track on your officially licensed hypnotic history bingo card, the answer to our riddle is kinetoscope. Again, that word is kinetoscope. Hypnotic History is researched by me, Ashley Skidmore, with music and technical wizardry by the vivacious Andrew Logan Skidmore. Follow us on Instagram by searching for hypnotic.history or by clicking the link in the episode description. Until next week, listeners, peace and love.